This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Derek Armstrong and Word of Grace Community Church. For more information, please visit WOGCC.com. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and go to the book of Romans and the third chapter. Romans chapter 3 is where we'll start off today. We're going to be going through a lot of scripture, so they'll be on the screen. And also, if you want to follow along, you can always follow along on version. If you have your iPhone or you have your tablet or what have you, um, you can just look for a live event on that app and you'll be able to follow along in that uh, as well. You know, as I was thinking about what the Lord would want me to share with our church family this Easter, I began to think about the weight of sin, began to think about the weight of the cross, the price of our freedom. I began to think about what that really means. I began to think of how the way that we view justice is not always the way that God views justice. The way that we would like to see justice handed out and justice dealt is often going to be skewed towards what we think should happen or the way that we think things should go. We have this idea of justice in our minds that if this happens, then that's going to rectify or reconcile this situation And God's brand of justice is different than our brand of justice because our brand of justice is skewed towards our selfishness oftentimes, right? I mean, oftentimes, if somebody does you wrong, man, somebody, somebody, uh, you know, cheats you or somebody lies to you or someone just, you know, goes around spreading a bunch of rumors or gossip or wants to hurt you in some way, your brand of justice may not be God's brand of justice in that situation, I'm just guessing here, you know, I don't know you maybe personally, but I'm guessing that but part of our human nature wants justice, but it's not always true justice. Only God can dictate what true justice is. But often when we look through the lens of God, if it doesn't line up with our view of justice, we don't really see it as what it is because justice isn't always comfortable. It's not always something easy. It's not always something that we go, oh yeah, that's right. But here's the thing. If God is our judge, and if God is perfect and holy, which I think all of us can agree that he's perfect and holy and he would be a righteous and just judge, then if he were to judge us according to his standard of his holiness, of his word, if we're judged according to the standard of the law in the word of God, every one of us, myself included, would be found guilty. Now, the job of a judge is not only to say whether you're innocent or guilty, but it's also to sentence those that are guilty. And if you and I were to be sentenced according to Scripture, according to what God's law is and His weight and His perfection, let's see what the Bible says about our sin and our sentencing according to the just judge, our holy God. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 says... As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So none of us in ourselves are righteous by our own actions, by our own deeds, no matter how good of a person that we've been. No matter how nice we've been, no matter how kind we've been, how much we've obeyed the speed limit, how timely we have filed our taxes away, how often we show up early for work and stay late, The Bible says that it doesn't matter how many good things we've done, that we're not righteous or right in the eyes of God, not one of us, because we've all fallen short. Let's look at Romans 3 and 23. He says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
Now, when Paul wrote this to the church in Rome, he was writing to a Greek-speaking people. And oftentimes, we can look at the words in English that were translated from the Greek in which Paul wrote, and we can find a deeper meaning to that. You want to know what the Greek translation for the word all in that scripture is? It's all. We're going deep today. Going deep in the word. The translation of the word all is all. That means everyone. That means no one is excluded. That means me. That means you. That means the nicest person you've ever met in your life that you just think is an angel. And you're like, uh, you, you know, God must have, 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 have spent a little bit more time on you. And we'll sing the little NSYNC song or whatever that one was. And we think that this person is just perfect. Well, they're not. They're flawed. When you look at families that you may, may put in high esteem and think, man, they have the perfect life. They're perfect people. No, they're not. Oh, those people at that church seem to be so perfect. They seem to have everything together in their lives. And I don't know if I'll be accepted. Well, guess what? Every single one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Hello, somebody. Every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter how together our life may appear. It doesn't matter the different hurdles and obstacles that we may have overcome in life. It doesn't matter the freedom that we're currently experiencing as to where once maybe we suffered a life full of addiction and shame and pain. Every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. That's what Paul said when he said all. He meant every one of us. Now, so if God is just and God is righteous and God is perfect... And if he cannot fellowship where there has been that broken trust, where there's been that brokenness because of our sin, where we have actually rejected God and we've rebelled against him, then what is he going to do with us? Because the sentence for sin against a holy and loving God is death. Let's look at Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. Romans 6 and 23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, there's two different words there. There's wages, and then there's gift. Wages is something I worked for. When you get your paycheck, you have earned a wage because of what you have done. A gift is something you didn't earn, something you didn't deserve, something you didn't qualify yourself for. It was something that was presented to you, and what did you do with the gift? You received it, right? When someone presents a gift to you, you receive it. I just want to make sure everyone understands that's how that works. All right? We're good? We got that? So the wages or the earnings of our sin, which every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God, and we all have sin, the wages of that is death. But the gift which we are to receive of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, the sentence for sin against a holy, loving, and perfect God is death. A sentencing that we all deserve because we all at some level, every one of us, have rejected God by our lifestyle or we have said at some level in our lives by the way that we carry ourselves or the way that we live that God, I know better than you. I don't need you. We've rejected him. You know, I live in Sheboygan Falls and I love to shop at Piggly Wiggly. It's my favorite store on the planet. And I'll tell you why. Because it's close to my house. All right, that's why I love it so much. It is close to my house, and the people there are nice, and I know where everything is. So I go to Piggly Wiggly a lot, all right? And I don't think anything about it. 
I do not punch in my GPS and ask Siri how to get to Piggly Wiggly. I don't do it. I know how to get there. I've been there a lot of times before. So I'm relying on the fact that I know how to do this. Now, you take me to downtown Chicago and try to find a grocery store there, I might need some help because I'm not familiar with the territory. I've only been there a handful of times. I'm going to rely on my GPS to navigate me and get me there. But the sad thing about that is that too often that's how we look at relationship with God. Is that if we know how to do it, we just at our own personal level, we reject God and we say, God, I don't really need you to help me make this decision because I'm smart enough and and I'm intellectual enough to not really need to petition you or ask you your thoughts on the subject because I feel pretty comfortable making this decision. But if I feel that there's a crisis or I don't know what to do, then I run to God. God wants to be involved in every area of our lives because He cares about you, because you were created for His glory. And when we reject God, and when we say we don't need Him, and we say we're smarter than Him, and we don't need His guidance system, and we don't need His direction, we don't need Him to lead us and guide us, then that's sin, folks. And every one of us on some level have rejected God at that level. Every one of us have. We've all made decisions that were not God-honoring decisions because we got suckered in by the salesman. Or because we got that credit card offer in the mail. And we rang up a bunch of debt and bought a bunch of stuff we thought we had to have in order to make us happy. And we bought a bunch of things that we couldn't really pay the bill back. And so therefore we are trying to say we know better. We can manage better. We can do this instead of saying, God, what would you have us do? God, what would you like for me to do? You know when you've made those decisions where you have what we call buyer's remorse, right? You know when you've made those decisions? When we've said, God, I, I don't need your direction. I don't need your guidance. I can do this on my own. And then you have that feeling in the pit of your stomach. It's the same thing when we've rejected God, when he's trying to lead us and guide us because he cares about every area of your life. He cares about every area of your life. The Bible said that he knows the number of hair that's on your head. That blows me away. He must know me really, really well. (laughs) We're very close. There's not as much to keep up with. But listen, if he cares about that and he knows the number of that, if he has thoughts and plans and desires for us that are for our good and are for his glory, and if we know that, then wouldn't we trust him every step of the way and not just push him away and put him on the shelf in the areas we think we're in the driver's seat on? Because when we reject him, folks, it's it's sin. It's sin. And here's the thing. When we say that, God, we know better than you, it's us saying, God, we don't need you. And so what is God going to do with us if the wages of sin is death? If at our core, every one of us at some level have rejected God, What's justice in that situation for you and for me? Because we've all lied. We've all said negative things that